Greetings and welcome to Fresh Text. Fresh Text is a weekly podcast when a couple pastor scholars dig into the Word of God using a seasonally appropriate scripture passage. We hope that it will be enjoyable and edifying for all, and especially equipping for pastors or teachers who are working on sermons or lessons in the upcoming weeks. I'm your host, John Drury. I teach systematic theology and spiritual formation for Wesley Seminary at Indiana Wesleyan University. My guest this week is Absin Joseph. He is the academic dean and professor of New Testament here at Wesley Seminary. Um, and he's been a longtime friend of mine and colleague, and I've been really excited to finally get him on the show and, and do some uh, New Testament uh, exegesis and uh, sermon prepping with him. Our text this week is Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Make sure to subscribe if you're not already so you never miss an episode. And as you're listening, if you're enjoying this show, hit the share button on your podcast player app of choice to pass this show along to others so that they may benefit as well. Thanks for listening and enjoy this conversation with Absent. Let's go there. <laughs> in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks uh, for your word, your word made flesh in your son, Jesus Christ. We give you thanks for this written word preserved and handed on to us by your spirit that bears witness to uh, the words of your son Jesus and his actions and what he promised was to take place and the promise of his return. All these wonderful mysteries that are disclosed in this text, we give to you thanks. And Father, in the same spirit of thanksgiving, we now ask for the grace that we ourselves uh, would be equipped by your Spirit in heart and mind to study your Word faithfully, and that all who are listening in uh, to Absent and I's conversation today would be guided and blessed in their own work. We ask this now in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So what's grabbing you today? I'm sure you've studied the text many, many mm -hmm. times before, but uh, what's, uh, what's kind of grabbing your attention today? I think it's the... The idea of the table. I think we'll talk about that some more uh, when we when we start talking about the text itself, uh, and the way in which all of what's happening in Luke. Well, let me put it differently. The importance the table plays hmm. in uh, the unfolding of uh, Jesus's ministry, and here uh, again, they are at the table eating together and talking about what's what's about to happen. It's not very obvious in the passage, but when he talks about while staying with them, 
the yeah. idea, the, the language there, the language there is not just while you know while staying with them. The verb there is sharing salt together, <laughs> which can also mean eating together. So the context of fellowship is yeah. is is there. So even Luke is starting at the table, and again, as we go into the passage some more, I can connect uh, in terms of unpack some more of what's what's going on here. So that's that's that one thing, the importance of the table. Well, it just sets the whole scene. It know? does. Because it the does. ascension is associated, you know, with a, a kind of mountain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you get that reference in 13, they return to Jerusalem from the Mountain of Olives. Mm-hmm. But uh, the setup of the scene is a, is a, is a gathering, a conversation. Yes. That's, that's very exciting. So that exciting. there's a difference. I mean, I never the, pictured it that way, text, and I like seeing it that way. Yeah, the text does... Like, I mean, if you read it closely, in 6, you have when they had come together, they ask him. Mm -hmm. So, 6 is a different scene. Yep, yep. So, we need to picture the movie actually panning in a different location in 6. And that what happens in 4 is actually in a different location than than what's happening in verse 6. Yeah, I think so. I think that sounds right. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really cool. That verb that you mentioned, I'm flipping around because it appears briefly. I think it's the same verb. I'm double checking. You know, it's in uh, John chapter four, verse nine, where it says that just a sort of narrator's aside mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Jews have no Jews don't share salt with <laughs> exactly exactly with uh, with Samaritans. Yes. Uh, so yes. it is this kind of table that's, fellowship. That, that's imagery. that table fellowship imagery. That they are. That's that's what's happening here, and even even in the context of so, there's both the table here. There's a way in which the beginning of Acts is kind of a recapitulation of Luke, mm-hmm. because Luke Acts one book, even the first sentence in my first book, mm-hmm. he's basically telling us, well, you cannot read this without knowing what's come before. So if if this is a screenplay. Previously yes, yes. on, and then these are these are part of what what's happening. So you've got you've got the table fellowship. You've got the questions about the implications of Jesus's life. You know, are you going to restore the kingdom? If you kind of remember the kind of the questions that they ask him about the end, and then he will respond here. There's also the imagery about he's connecting. There's connection with uh, the the ascension. Yeah, in terms of the cloud and the two witnesses, so there's a lot here that's reaching back, not just in Luke in Jesus's life, but also all the way back in the Old Testament. But there's also a way in which Luke is using the ascension as the point on which everything turns. Yeah, between Jesus and the disciples, when he talks about the things Jesus began to do and teach. He's both signaling what he's going to continue to do through the apostles. So he's kind of setting that up. His ministry in Luke, we know that he's gone. In Acts, he's saying, well, he began to do. Yeah. But he's still going to be present. Um, and then you're going to then be very aware of that with him meeting Paul on the road to Damascus. Uh, and the fact that the Holy Spirit is given as a promise, as a fulfillment of the promise that he's given. So then his presence is going to continue throughout. Um, you'll see that in terms of the way in which the things Jesus did in Luke during his ministry, the apostles are going to be doing the same things. Uh, Peter comes on the scene. So Jesus Christ uh, healed a lame person by the, by the right. temple. Um, raises, you know, Lazarus from the dead. Paul and John are going to raise, uh, are going to heal a cripple in that same spot. Yeah. Is going to raise Dorcas from the dead. Peter and John. Paul is then going to also heal a cripple, gonna heal, uh, raise Enes from the dead. So yeah. there, there are those things that are happening that connects and it all kind of is in a, nascent form in that in that paragraph here yeah it's all hidden there with him saying yeah. all that he did and te- began to do and teach and then even the reference in two when it says until mm-hmm. so at first you're thinking oh okay until he's yeah. done until the days 
when he'd be taken up to heaven, mm-hmm. having given them orders by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so there, it's even though the Spirit's still to be given, his teaching is already in the power of the Spirit. So yes. it's the Spirit that was by which he was teaching is now going to be on them. Yes. So they will teach and do just yes. as he did. And, and, and I'm glad you mentioned this because the sometimes we, we make the assumption that the Holy Spirit really isn't present until Pentecost. Yeah, like he's just kind of waiting. Because now the Holy Spirit is given. Yet, already, again, if we think about Luke-Acts, it is the Holy Spirit that drove Zechariah to, Mm -hmm. you know, the temple. It is the Holy Spirit that comes upon Mary. Everything Jesus Christ does, he does in the power of the Holy Spirit. So then it's less about the coming of the Spirit, but more about now the Spirit is kind of at work in the disciples. And there's a way in which the language of the coming in the Holy Spirit only functions as a way of demonstrating the continuing presence of Jesus Christ. He is left, Hmm. and now the Spirit comes, but the Spirit has been at work has been at work from the very beginning of, of his ministry and now will continue to be at work in the disciples the same way he was at work in, in Jesus' life and ministry. Yeah, so it's the continuity is more mm-hmm. what's emphasized there, at least if I'm hearing you right. Yeah. Though as a period of time is coming to a close, yes. it's not a, a kind of sharp break, yes. but a turning. And like you say, I mean, the, the Luke concludes with a table fellowship mm-hmm. and him being, you know, taken up. Now, whether that's a, intended to mean his ascension and then this is just a kind of restatement of that story. Mm-hmm. Or, of course, I mean, at least there's some evidence that he's coming and going. Yes. So the taking up that took place there could have been an initial sure. um, different ways of reading it. But either way, the, the ascension kind of gets the the last word in Luke and the first word in Acts. In so Acts like you say, yes. it's the hinge. Yes. It's the hinge that it hangs on. That made me, I, I was struck by the two men in white today. Behold, men, two. Yes. And it's the exact, not just the, it's the exact same verbiage in, uh, it even says standing there. It's mm-hmm. slightly different. Uh, it's got one extra prefix, mm-hmm. but in 24. Uh, in twenty four four of of Luke, at the resurrection, yes, where behold, it says, you know, it's it's the exact same verbs, and behold, mm-hmm. men two standing, right? Like yep. it's like so, yep. Yep. and I mean, maybe I'm making a mount out of molehill, but I'm immediately kind of like having this immediate curiosity of being like, oh, well, you get these two angels at the beginning of the forty days, mm-hmm. and the two angels at the end. Mm-hmm. And maybe even implicitly, the same two angels. I mean, it doesn't say, but I, they, these clear markers that even though, so there's like there's like three ways to divide it up. Like on the one hand, you've got Luke and Acts in just total continuity. Then there's the distance, the difference between the two, and then you get this overlap, as if the forty days is both the end of Luke and the beginning of Acts, right? And it's marked off with the appearance of angels, right? Because there's not angels like showing up every time Jesus does. It's only at the beginning and the end of the 40 days. That just struck me today. Yeah, but if you... In a new way. If you'll allow me... Please do. So, he talks about two men, right? In both... Right, men. Sorry, excuse me. Yes, Yes. thank you for correcting. (laughs) They're called angels in Matthew. That was a mistake. Because he talks about two men... And Which is interesting. Partly, it's interesting because I think the appearance is connected to the question, yeah. uh, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Hmm. And um, this is connected not just to the resurrection, but also to the ascension, because this question is an eschatological question. Ah, yeah. And the appearance of those two men is the idea of the two witnesses, hmm. which is Moses and Elijah. Ah, yeah, the two men. Which is in, in Revelation 11. Yep. So all the idea of the cloud. And also cloud, back to transfiguration. Exactly, too. back to transfiguration. So the idea of the cloud, the idea of the cloud, the question about the restoration of Israel. Um, and then when he talks about you will be my witnesses, and the language of witness here being matureos, which is about witness and suffering, all of that's connected where 
the two men here, I think, may refer more to Moses and Elijah, which in a way then the ascension really, is a re, is a rever, almost a reversal of the transfiguration. Because in the transfiguration, Jesus is here, these two men yes. come, and then they left in the cloud, and now Jesus is with them, these two men Cloud. Come cloud after Jesus left, and um, same word nephele. Yes, yes. Well, it is Kai Edu Andres duo, and behold, men too. <laughs> yes, back in uh, Transfiguration. Yes. Well, thank you. That always, I always, that was just a slip of the tongue when I said angels influenced by Matthew, yes, of yes. course. And I've actually. I've made I've made that a sticking point before. I love it when I get corrected by someone else for something I usually get care about. But I never like I always just kind of fascinated by the different choice of terminology. Sure, sure. And because I was thinking comparatively. Yeah. And now I'm seeing it long across Luke and Acts sure. how that is a recurring a recurring theme. And behold two men. Mm-hmm. So is that used in is there an explicit usage of Elijah and Moses as the kind of two primary witnesses in like intertestamental yes, literature. Yes, intertestamental literature, inter- intertestamental literature, it's it's there. The conversation began because the the idea of Moses and Elijah not having died. Right, um, right. and that these two witnesses are going to come back are going to come back eventually. So when you read it in, uh, in leave the chair open for Elijah exactly were, right? exactly and Moses dies but in kind of a weird way yeah, in a yeah, weird no one way. knows where he's no, buried exactly. exactly and then when you read in Josephus the way Josephus kind of talks about it funny enough funny enough the way Josephus talks about the, the well Josephus the way he describes it and then there's there's like this intertestamental work in terms of the ascension of Moses the idea of him being taken the language here the clouds took him. Okay, that's a that's a standard. That's a standard. Of, that's the okay. way. That's the way in the Septuagint. That's the way it talks about Elijah's going up in in Second Kings. Uh, that's the way it talks about Enoch in terms of First right. Enoch uh, when it talks about in, in First Enoch. It talks about it as oh, what's the word? Whirlwind. Ah, okay. Took him, but the idea of a cloud took him is still kind of that. Connecting Jesus Christ with these other figures, but then also connecting that tradition of these two figures who went up eventually before, before God comes in power to restore the kingdom. These two witnesses are going to come. And as Revelation talks about it, they will be martyred in the city. This is what's going to be the turning point for the revolt against Rome or the oppressors. So, when that's why then after the transfiguration, well, during the transfiguration, Peter will say, let's build three tents, one for you, one for Moses, yeah. one for Elijah, because they thought that's the time. He's going to now Jerusalem. These guys are coming to stay. They're coming to Jerusalem with us and they're going to be martyred. And, and then it says in Luke, only in Luke, that they were discussing his exodus. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's that. That tradition is kind of behind this language here, which again, for the disciples, it's another head turner, um, <laughs> uh, culture, culture. What do you call this again? It, it, it's going to go against what they think, because again, all Sorry. of these things are <laughs> happening, but then Jesus is leaving. That's what, like... It doesn't add up. Why? What, what's going on? Why are you leaving? <laughs> That's why they have to come. It's like, what's going on? Why do you keep looking? Don't, don't worry. He's going to come back the same way. So even that promise then kind of is another way of helping the disciples come to grips with this. this because again, his leaving doesn't add up based on those, those kind of things that, um, that are going on. Oh, this is, this is, this is so good. It's already kind of laying it out in the larger kind of vision. So this is, this is very exciting. Let's take a quick break and come back and keep digging in. And we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. I'm here with my guest, Absent Joseph, and we're looking at, uh, 
Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, the kind of default text for Ascension Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, about uh, 40 days after um, Easter. And uh, before the break, uh, we were talking a little bit about the um, the, the two men mm-hmm. and how this links to previous moments. And my my New Testament here had a one little one more reference I mm. thought I'd add, and we can either run with this or we can move on to something sure, else sure. if you want. But this was Second uh, Maccabees chapter three verses twenty six. So um, this is uh, Heliodorus, mm. right? And it says he's in the treasury. I'll just read the story mm-hmm. real quick. While while they were calling upon the Almighty Lord that He would keep what had been entrusted safe and secure for those who had entrusted it. Mm-hmm. Heliodorus went on with what had been decided. But when he arrived at the treasury with his bodyguard, then and there, the sovereign of spirits and of all authority caused so great a manifestation that all who had been so bold as to accompany him were astounded by the power of God and became faint mm. with terror. This is the kind of things that sure. they were expecting to yes. happen in uh-huh. Jerusalem uh-huh. Yes. that didn't. <laughs> for there appeared to them mag- a magnificently caparisoned, I don't know that word, horse with a rider of frightened mien. It rushed furiously at Heliodorus and struck him, struck at him with its front hooves. Its rider was seen to have armor and weapons of gold. Two young men mm-hmm. also appeared to him, remarkably strong, gloriously beautiful, splendidly dressed, who stood on other side mm-hmm. of him mm-hmm. and flogged him continuously, inflicting many blows on him. When he suddenly fell to the ground and a deep darkness came over him, his men took him up, put him on a stretcher and carried him away. This man who had just entered the aforesaid treasury with a great retinue and all his bodyguard, but was now unable to help himself. They recognized clearly the sovereign power Mm -hmm. of God as if, you know, these, when the Greeks try to take over the temple, Occasionally, these two men it will show will just up. Show up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the young men is interesting because it's a young man in Mark mm-hmm. that's seen in the tomb, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. not two, and yeah. it's not angels. It's yeah. A, yeah. a young man. Yeah. So I don't know. All of a sudden, you're you're getting my mind really running with uh, this notion of the the Elijah Moses, mm-hmm. which is short for whenever you see Law and the Prophets, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Law and the Prophets, yes. or uh, Moses and Elijah. And then all of a sudden, and, and maybe this is jumping too far ahead, but it sets up an expectation of a Moses to Joshua or a Elijah to Elisha exactly. kind of handoff. Yes, Back yes, to your original yes. point about how this is part two. Mm-hmm. And the opening chapters of you know, second second Kings mm-hmm. is on this transition exactly. from Elisha, yeah. Elijah yeah, to, to Elisha. Elisha. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same idea of... It's like parallel miracles. Parallel miracles. Yeah. Everything you can do, now we can do too. Double portion. Double portion. <laughs> the right? spirit of your because spirit. Because now, the, yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Word. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, that's ex- that's exciting. We can camp out there if you want to. If there's something else, a different uh, trail of thought you want to talk about, we can go there if you'd rather. But I am I am curious about this question, mm-hmm. right? That you, you highlighted already. Lord, is it at this time that you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? And I'm, I'm struck at how I grew up often hearing a tendency to criticize the disciples for an overly political uh-huh. understanding of the kingdom. But then it occurred to me when I started really studying these texts for myself as uh-huh. a young adult, like Jesus does not say, no, I'm not restoring the kingdom exactly. to Israel. <laughs> exactly. So the, say more. The, the question, <laughs> the, the, what he's pushing against is the timing. Yeah. What he's pushing against is the timing. And again, that's because the disciples, because of the, the expectation and the timing may create situations where they miss what God is up to. Hmm. That's why Simeon is a good example of Hannah yeah. are good examples early on in Luke because those were people who were waiting yeah. for this to unfold. And there's a reason why their age is mentioned as well because they've been waiting for a long time. Yeah. Now I can die in peace. 
And it's the spirit who led it him. It is the spirit who led moment. him, right? It's the spirit who led him in that moment. So then the question here is the right question. And Luke does a lot of stuff with with the Greek. So it, it's it's tricky when dealing with Luke to say anything about the grammar. Because he's so, he's, so, he's so diverse. But the question that they're asking, the way they ask the question, they're you expecting... You out on the Greek. That they, everyone, okay. Our listeners are game. All right. <laughs> they, they, they're waiting. They're expecting a yes answer. The A there. Ah, yeah. Introducing the question. A and toi kronoi tu toi apokathistaneis ten basileian toi Israel. They're expecting a yes answer. Yeah. So he doesn't say no. But it says, don't worry about the time. No. Interestingly, not is his opening line, right? Yes. No. Not, of your. Yes. <laughs> is to know the time. Or yes. The season, right? Yes. It's not no, for you. I'm not going to tell you <laughs> what time, right? It's not about the times or the seasons. It's about, because this is about God's, this is what God has set in his own authority, which again is an interesting thing. He just talked to them earlier. Um, let me see. Let me, let me make sure. Yes. So he tells them about authority now. Mm-hmm. And then he says, God's authority, but guess what? This is what you're going to get. You're going to get power. But similar thing in terms of, because dynamis and exousia kind of, yeah are in the same semantic field. God in his own authority has figured out the time and when this is going to happen. But you're going to have authority or power to actually do this. He's shifting their question and then talk and using that to introduce here's what is this is is what this is what is to come and this is your role in it. Don't worry about when this is going to happen, but this is what God is going to, you are going to be my witnesses. And again, this mirrors Jesus's prediction of his sufferings as well. Because again, they're asking, he's going to Jerusalem to suffer. They're like, what do you mean? I thought, yeah. having said Moses, having seen Moses and Elijah with you, if we're going to Jerusalem, you are going to reign. And he says, no, I'm going to suffer. Now, is this the time when you're going to restore the kingdom? Meaning, are we going to actually now be in charge now? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> you're going to receive power and you're going to become my witnesses. The word witnesses here is the same word for martyr. Yeah, right. Yeah, those implications are not clear to them yet. Not clear to them. It's yeah. also interesting for Luke to also begin to talk about in verse 3. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering. So even talk, connecting again Jesus Christ here, his suffering, and also the disciples' upcoming suffering, so that it's not just that the disciples are going to also do the miracles and the things right. that Jesus is going to do, but they're also going to partake in his suffering the same way he also suffered. The idea of the restoration, though, if we were to shift, when they talk, the question that they talk about the restoration... That question also is asked, well, not asked, in Malachi 3, it talks about Elijah restoring the kingdom. So, like, that that connection mm. with Elijah also is shown even in that, in that language of restoration, asking about the restoration here, which, again, the idea of the suffering that's connected with, with the kingdom coming, which he's shifting, he's shifting... Uh, the disciples' worldview hmm. on what it means for what God is about to do. I think it's Ma- Malachi, th- either it's three, Malachi three, three twenty three, three twelve. I don't remember exactly. Oh, that Malachi three thing is crucial because for uh, for the unfolding of, especially the interpretation of John the Baptist, right? Exactly, who's constantly being sort of identified. At least by Jesus as Elijah. As Elijah, and, and and which is again we're mixing the gospels now. But when when after the transfiguration, Jesus starts. You know, they left, and then the question is, but I thought Elijah was yeah, supposed I, to come first. I was just flipping there because, and I was trying to remember which of the three synoptics drops that, and it's Luke. There you go. 
I thought Elijah was supposed to come first. And now, he's I like, why Luke drops that? Because he's usually a reason. It's usually often connected to some theme point he wants to make later. So, for instance, you wonder if actually that might distract from this theme Maybe. that he wants to unfold later. Exactly. It's possible. As if to say, this is the parallel to that question. Yes. The, in Mark and Matthew, it's just on the way down. Mm-hmm. But um, here, it's on the way up. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Because, <laughs> um, of course, these these stories uh, don't appear then in, in Mark and Matthew. So, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make a mountain out of molehill on that one. Not that you are. I'm saying sure. I'm going not to sure, sure. do that. But it's just fascinating that that the whole notion of like i mean it's it's that moment of you tell me if this sounds right so in the confession scene when he at in the peter's confession mm-hmm. scene right when when jesus asks who do they say that i am mm-hmm. and they say some people say you're john the baptist mm-hmm. back from the dead mm-hmm. others say you're elijah mm-hmm. and others say the prophet which is probably referencing the prophet like Moses, Moses. from Deuteronomy 18, yes, right? Yes, Which implies the kind of Moses come back. Exactly. Either back from the dead or he never really died. But clearly there's a kind of Moses, but it seems like the, all of the, the synoptics keep kind of, and the John does in a very different way, because those same three questions mm-hmm. appear. Are you the Messiah? Mm-hmm. Are you the prophet? Are you Elijah? Yeah. Um, that this same kind of Moses, Elijah, John the Baptist, mm-hmm, Jesus mm-hmm. is this kind of constant refrain yes. to kind of, that's telling us what time it is. Exactly. And so no wonder they are confused. They're confused. <laughs> because, I mean, even even if you allow me, even John, ahead, John the Baptist, there's a reason why John the Baptist is actually identified with Elijah. The way he eats, the, the things that he eats, right. the way he dresses. Living so, down near Jericho. Exactly. Yeah. And, and even in terms of him coming back to life. That's mm-hmm. why he comes back to life because he needs to be alive if he's Elijah, mm-hmm. right? That's all of that idea so that even when John the Baptist will still then fit Elijah and then the, that Elijah and Moses, Moses, uh, picture that, that the tradition, um, is, uh, is, is and all pushing. of that's sort of indirectly identifying Jesus as the, the one, one to come. Yes. Right. The one, the one to come. So for the disciples, it is, it is thoroughly confusing. For us to put ourselves in their shoes, they're getting all of these mixed signals. They see the right thing on, they see the right kind of things happen. But then as they interpret them, they're like, why, what? No, that's not it. And Jesus keeps shifting, shifting the, you know, the worldview rightly. But for them, it, it, it's a very difficult, nerve wracking yeah, thing. It's pretty disorienting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, here's that bit from Malachi. Sorry to go back, but so remember the teaching of my servant Moses. Mm -hmm. It's cool that there's a Moses Mm -hmm. reference. This is the last couple verses of Malachi. The statutes and ordinances that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. And behold, I am send, I will send you the prophet Elijah Mm -hmm. before the great and terrible day mm-hmm. of the Lord mm-hmm. comes. Mm-hmm. So it's the, that's the thing that comes right before, like yeah. you, just yeah. like you said, yeah. and he will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of children to their parents so that I will not come and strike the land with a curse. And that's the last end, but you're right in, there's a reference to, yeah, for all of Israel, yep. the the direct reference to to uh, to Israel there. I don't know. It just it was just striking that Elijah and Moses there are mm-hmm. right next to each other yes. in the very last supple sentences of the uncontested, you know, of the Ketuvim sure, of the prophets. Sure, yes. You know, since the I mean the Nebuim, excuse mm-hmm. me, since the rest of the scriptures were a little bit more, the line was still being sorted out sure, then. But yeah. but so that in many ways is the kind of last line of the the bible for yes, for, for them. the for the for these people wow that's i man i never saw the elijah moses stuff in this passage before huh. this has been so illuminating and i think really helps us see the larger kind of covenantal resonances uh-huh. i mean i've always emphasized the elijah elisha thing sure as a way of kind of understanding luke and acts but i i, did, I don't know if i saw how 
directly it was playing out in these exact mm. verses, you know? Yeah. Especially the two men. Man, I just always saw him as angels. <laughs> oh, man. What a, you know, it's so funny. It, you just, well, it's the way if it gets, you know, pictures worth a thousand words. Sure, right? you sure. One painting. Yes. And there's two angels there, and it's just yeah. up, in, it gets stuck in your head. Yeah. And then yeah. you read it in. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is great. This is super, super interesting. I say, unless there's one, unless you want to slip one other uh, insight in under the wire, I think we could take a break and come back and explore some sermon starters. Any more little last things you want to drop in before we go? I think we've covered them. Like the, when we talk about the sermon starters, we can just pick up some additional things and and talk about that. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and come back and explore some sermon starters. And we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. I'm here with my guest, Absin Joseph. Uh, first time to have you on the show. I've been jazzed to get you on well, someday. We finally uh, made the time work. And, it's uh, good to be here. Yeah, we're looking at Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And let's explore some sermon starters. Uh, what advice would you give to those who might be preaching or teaching on this text? Or how would you approach it if you were being asked, you know, like... Last minute, you know, pretend it's Friday afternoon. A friend calls you up, like, "Hey, can you preach for me this Sunday morning?" Like, what's kind of your angle? Obviously, we have lots of content to sure. draw. But what, what would be the theme, the focus, the structure? How would you go about uh, preaching on a text like this? Um, I think I think one of the first thing we could think about is we've talked about the continuity, discontinuity, the continuity that that Luke is uh, encouraging us to think about in terms of Jesus. Jesus is ascending but he's not leaving hmm. so he's continuing presence yeah um, so thinking about in terms of a sermon what 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 do we do when we do when god's presence is not as as tangible as we think about it um so there's the there's the there's the idea that um, even in terms of the coming of the holy spirit is now his continuing presence he's not here with hmm. us but he continues. Uh, he continues to be uh, to be present, and his presence is going to be that which energizes us, gives us the power to do in his name the kind of things that um, he's asking us to do. Um, so that's that's one. I think another sermon, uh, another idea that we see here is the importance of the table as a as a. T- the table as as a place where discipleship takes place. Now, again, um, our English translations may not make this overt, but in verse four, the idea there is that all of this is happening while yeah. they are f- having fellowship, and the importance of fellowship in Acts is going to be shown by the kind of trials that we see in Acts 6. Well, early on, already in chapter 2, we're going right. to see they have everything in common, yeah. which is, again, the fellowship. In Acts 6, the problem is going to be around the table in terms of sharing resources, right. in terms of in terms of all of that. We're going to find a little the bit... The tensions in with Cornelius. The, the tension with Cornelius. Exactly. Chapter 10. It's a in terms of, of table fellowship It's problem. a table fellowship problem. Um, when you get to... Um, when you get to Acts 16, right, there's, there's a little thing here after the jailer, uh, comes back to his senses and realizes Paul and Silas are still around. What we read here is that he washes the wounds and waited on them. The idea is that now they eat together. Mm. So even the idea of now, again, what must I do to be saved? There's this big question that's uh, happening, right? Yeah. But the, Yes, believe in the Lord and you'll be saved, you and all your household. And then they eat together. So that table fellowship is one that's then very important. So the idea then to sit together, to commune together. So this actually, this ascension, this is a passage about ascension, but there's also the liturgical aspect of breaking bread here that um that we can uh, think about and he was eating with them when he ordered them not to leave jerusalem but to wait 
not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait. We've mentioned earlier in terms of the disciples are asking the question of times. Right. He's answering it not for you, but the idea of waiting. What does it mean for us to wait on God when everything aligns, when we are being obedient and we know the story, but God is doing something new? Mm-hmm. that we are not perceiving. What does it mean for us to wait when we're doing the right thing, but circumstances are not yeah. what they should be? And he's saying, wait. yeah, Wait until I come to you. Yeah. It's funny, I, I joke sometimes that if you read the book of Acts really fast, you get the impression of, explosive growth, lots of activity, always on the go. But then you read it a little slower and pay attention to the details, and things are actually moving very slowly. Very slow. And there's a lot of waiting for the next move, the very next slow. cue. And, and in this opening line to even say that – I mean, you know, I don't want to create undue controversy for listeners, but it wouldn't hurt to even mention – um, you know what? You get to the end of Matthew and he says, go. Mm-hmm. Get to the end of Luke and he, beginning of Acts, he says, wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, to even even introduce that little antinomy, when is he saying go and when is he saying wait? And again, this is this is my style of preaching. Sure. It's always very dialectical sure, sure. where I would say, maybe, you know, there's probably some, some Christians as individuals, maybe some Christian uh, churches or communities mm-hmm. or old traditions that are always on the go and never wait. Yep. And there's others of us who are always waiting and need to learn. It's mm-hmm. time to go, right? Yeah. Um, but this week, for this sermon, we're going to focus on this command to wait. Wait. So that when you do go, you go in the power of the Spirit exactly. rather than in your own power. Exactly. And that the timing, because it's very interesting. We, we throw around like 40 days. We know about the 40 days. Mm-hmm. We know about Pentecost mm-hmm. um, being on that 50th day, mm-hmm. but they don't have that time schedule. They mind. don't. And actually it's interesting that you pointed out that he doesn't give them a straight yes or no answer to mm-hmm. their question. In fact, you seem to imply that by not directly negating it, he's leaving open that the answer is yes. I think so. But in some sense, because from one point of view, the kingdom is coming when the spirit comes, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's Peter's sermon. Yeah. It's already happening. The, Peter is like the sun has turned into you know the moon has turned into <laughs> blood, right? Well, no, it hasn't, but yeah, it has. Yeah, and and that's that's Peter's sermon okay. in chapter two. Yeah, because kingdom what home. he has promised, this is what's happening. Yeah, and it reminds me. I mean, to put it in different lingo that's familiar to me, and then you can help correct it out of. So the kind of Johannine lingo is an hour is coming and mm-hmm. now is yes, which implies it's both still to come. And yet it's happening. It's now. happening, yes. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, that would be a kind of Johannine way of putting the same point. Yes. In kind of narrative form here in, in Lucan in style. Yeah. yeah. I, I, what would be a, can you help me find a, a phrase to kind of capture that? I mean, we've heard now and not yet. We've heard, you know, uh, is coming and now is. What would be a way to kind of, um, I mean, I'm asking I'm you thinking, to summarize yes. eschatology so, uh, in one yeah, sentence. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I think, I think it's the crucial theological grounding for the sermon. Yeah, That's why I'm yeah, pressing you and, on and, it. And I think my mind wants to go back to what I mentioned earlier in terms of he's he's gone, but he is here. Yeah. Okay. So for the disciples, who can say you are moving. You you are on the go while you, it's it's both expectation and action. Mm. My English now is failing me. I get it. It's both it's both expectation and action. So, um, because he's telling them to wait, you receive power, and you'll be my witnesses in in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So there is there's an implicit movement here. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even here again, this is already the, the, Luke is already giving you the, the kind of programmatic way his book is going to unfold. Yeah, that's the outline of the whole book. So yeah. that they're going to wait in Jerusalem for a long time. Yeah. Persecution is what's going to drive them. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get until like nine ish. 
to Act 910 before they, they go into, into Antioch. However, while they're in Jerusalem, you see in chapter six, table fellowship with Gentiles from good Antioch. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You're going to see, from there. you're going to yeah. see Samaria. Mm-hmm. Even within six, you get the list of the people. The seven elders. Exactly. Yep. Somebody's from Niger. Mm-hmm. They're two there from Africa. So already the, the coming and going, the state, the movement, stillness and movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Stillness and movement. We and, then that, and then that maps on. So it's it's ascension without absence. Exactly. Right? It's, you know, and so you can almost, I'm going to say an and there where it's it's uh, um, ascended yet present. Mm-hmm. Stillness yet moving. Moving. Right? So it's, yes. you, you kind of ground his. Um, and I think. Yeah, no, that's good. And and waiting, wait. Israel, and yet all the nations, all the there nations, it's, it's yeah, Israel it's both and the nations. It it's a both end. It's both. It fan. isn't. Oh, God doesn't care about Israel. Yeah. This is about everybody. Yeah. No, it's God cares about yeah. Israel, and yeah. through Israel, all will be drawn yeah. in. Power and suffering. Yeah, that's the other parallel. That's the right? other. You have power to do great things, yet. Witnessing is about witness. There's a reason why Dunamis and Martus yeah. are together. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's, I don't know. It's three points, two, three, but they're, <laughs> but they're, they uh, can be more. <laughs> but they're, uh, but they're both. There, there's a. Again, this isn't a word I would probably use in a sermon, but it's shaping my thinking mm-hmm. into a sermon. Is it's it's three. What I'm hearing is a few dialectical pairs, mm-hmm. right? Of Christ's ascension and yet presence. Uh-huh. It's and table fellowship, yes, right. So ascension ascended yet in fellowship with mm-hmm. us, and he himself is stillness. He's sitting at the mm-hmm. right hand, yes. and yet he's still acting and moving. With them. So us too are learn how to wait, uh-huh. but also go, yes, and and to pay attention to both of those, and to recognize that as you go, there will be deeds of power mm-hmm. um, and authority to preach, and yet also. Great suffering. Great suffering. That I don't yeah. know. I think that's really yeah. good. And then the the Elijah Elisha stuff or the Moses Joshua stuff could just be kind of thrown in, even though we spent a long time on. It, I know, just to kind of give it some, give it a sense of this. This is just how God works. Yes, this is this is part yes. of the way of God with uh-huh. us is the handing on and the empowerment. You know, uh, but twice the power yeah. means twice the suffering. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so for us. For us reading Luke Acts, for us reading Acts, the story behind the story is Jesus' own suffering mm-hmm. and ascension. For these people reading Acts for the first time, Luke Acts for the first time, the story of Elijah and Moses yeah. is what's it's what they have to back up the reality of what Jesus has done. That's the because at this point they're still making a case of who Jesus is. Exactly. But they know yeah. who Elijah and Moses are and what yeah. God has done for them. That's why this this story mm-hmm. for them is um, Luke has to reach there to help them make sense of who Jesus is. Because this person is still trying to figure out who's this Jesus Christ. He's writing to help them make sense of Jesus. So for us, it's a different question because we already made up our mind about Jesus. For Theophilus, Luke has to reach to Moses and Elijah to help make sense of who Jesus is and solidify yeah. that in their mind. And I think reiterating that can be helpful to kind of ground yeah. the the argument of the sermon and then watch it kind of unfold. And I think, uh, yeah, no, I think that could be really, that could be really fun. I think it's just really, I don't know. I mean, how you start it out, I mean, depends on how the level of biblical literacy in your, in your community, in your community. but, but, uh, but to invite people in verse you know, there's a couple of inversions you provided for me that could be really fun at, to center the sermon, to picture them, sure, up on this mountain, but perhaps seated, mm-hmm. uh, breaking bread together, mm-hmm. to picture it in table fellowship. Mm-hmm. And then in his departure, to picture these two men as as appearing a, a bit like Eli- Elijah and Moses, mm-hmm. you know, with that explicit, I mean, it even says dressed in white, mm-hmm. which is the exact same language mm-hmm. as the transfiguration, that Jesus is in mm-hmm. white, you know, 
what time is it? What kind of moment is happening here? And what they see, and they're still kind of learning what we're starting to learn is this is the time of this. These are the days of Elijah, mm-hmm. right? Like the song, right? <laughs> this is the, this is the moment mm-hmm. when things are pressing in. And so it's a time both to wait and to go, mm-hmm. uh, await and witness stillness and movement. I don't know. That's exciting. It's good. And all power and suffering. Yeah. All of it as part of the father's plan. The father has fixed by his own authority. Yes. Yes. All fixed by, yep. It is not for you to know the times and the, now that this is a, this is an unhelpful joke that I'll add in right as we wrap up. (laughs) If I could pick a moment to go back in time, I would want to say, because he says, you know, it's, 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 it's not, it's not for you to know. I just really want to be like, yeah, yeah, but do you know? <laughs> I just want to know, do you know? Or does only the father know? <laughs> Sorry. I know that's silly. <laughs> yep. Cause it's, kinda, yeah, it's, it's, what does he mean? Does he mean like, you know, <laughs> but p- please just let me know that you know, at least. <laughs> then I'll be settled. Right. <laughs> but of course that's exactly what he's challenging is yeah. he says you've got your eye on the wrong thing yes the when the when the final restoration of the kingdom of israel that is completely in the father's hand he's already got it all mapped yeah. out yeah right and it parallels the moment uh when james and john asked for the exactly the cup and he's like well the father's already i pointed these these but spots but you, you can be baptized with my baptism and share that we my can suffering do. yeah that we can do <laughs> that we can do and that's a parallel here right like yeah but what i can do is you can be my witnesses mm-hmm you know and suffer like i did yep so well this this is very exciting i hope you had a awesome. hope you had a good time chatting i did and no it was good I'm sure it was helpful for our listeners who might be studying this text whether they're teaching on it or just for their own personal edification um with that said i'll just say a quick uh, thank you to all our listeners as always thanks to todd and eric for their great production work i can't imagine doing this without them thanks to tom for doting the theme music And with that said, we'll say have a good preach and a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.